My heart skips skipping the beach and not close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it The way you're dancing swaying to the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl I lose it Alexa play the country heat playlist Okay With Amazon Music a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs download the Amazon Music app today Podcast with Felipe Esparza and Rodrigo Torres right here on the wheel of steel. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> he has no wheels and he has no steel. What's up, fool, fan? We're going to go straight to the shout outs. Fuck it. Go shout out it. to Jaime Contreras. What's up, fool? Listening in his morning commute, he might stop by the Hoteville show in November. What's up, fool? What's up for everybody who sees me walking down the street and yells out, What's up, fool? out of their car and honks. <laughs> Hey, fool. Uh, I got a couple shout-outs from the Seattle show. Shout-out from the Seattle show. Uh, Ricardo Cardenas, uh, he worked in a, in China as a Peace Corps. Remember that? Yes. The Peace Corps. And uh, Carlos Cortez, handle on Twitter, Carlitos Way. Both shout-outs to you guys uh, from uh, Seattle at the part of the live. Shout-outs also to that, them Indian, East Indian fools that showed up on Queens. Sing. Bro, sing. And there was three of them. Yeah, man. That guy, um, what's his name? I I know his name was Sing. The, the, that fool showed up with um with that headband. Yeah, he was talking to you more mo, most yeah, of the time. Yeah, man. And then that other fool, Thomas Chu from Brooklyn. Fool. Thomas Chu and uh, George Kolondinsky, right? George Kolondinsky, right? Look at North Bergen's finest. Yeah, man. So we got to first of all, man. We got to, we, we were <laughs> we were in New York, man. We were yeah, in New man. York last week. Townies, eh? We were in um, West Nyack. That's like um, two hours away from New York, exactly. If you don't have a man. If you we're driving, and you're like if your mom is driving you, it's gonna take three hours. <laughs> You'd be able to take a good nap, dog. Let me tell you, man, how far it is, man. <laughs> it's from LA to San Diego. Yeah, at least, fool. Yeah, yeah. Even because even with the ferry, it was like fucking an hour and a half, dog. Yeah, we um we got a ride from jo- Joy Cogadil's cousin George. Shout out to George for George. giving us a ride. Thank you, dog. He gave us a ride from the hotel room in West Nyack, no, or, or yeah. Suffern. Yeah, Suffern, New York. Then from there, we went to the um, North Bergen, and we caught a ferry. That's a boat. <laughs> and now we, we, we crossed the river, and we made it to Manhattan over there by Port Authority. Yeah, Times Square is all that shit, dog. That fucking ferry was crazy. Remember when that shit tilted, dog? Yeah, I, was man. Like, I thought we were going to capsize. <laughs> I was like, fuck. They could only even got a life jacket, dog. You think it would be hard to swim if we were going there? Fool, that shit's cold as fuck, dog. You fucking hit hypothermia, dog, and you'll sink if nobody saves you, dog. Hyperthermia! <laughs> it was good, man. It was funny, man. Hell yeah, dog. This dude's tight. We fucking went to Roger Paul's office on 52nd Roger and Broadway. Paul, Roger Paul. He's the, old, he's the guy they used to book. Oh, my God. Locals. What a treat, guys, fellas. We went to go kick it tough. 
We got to see that that um, puppet that belonged to that comedian, um, Lester and Tyler. What's his name? T- little tiny, right? Tiny Lester. Tiny Lester. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. know. It's a little fucking black ass puppet, dog. It was cool though. We took pictures with him. We were right there up at uh, Roger Paul Inc. on the fifth Roger floor. Roger Paul Inc. We were there by Forty Seventh Avenue and Seventh Avenue. Yeah, dog. I think well, we, we must have spent like we we left New York at eleven thirty. We got there around five. Yeah, dude, we had about what four and a half hours. Four and a half, half hours, man. I don't know why we spent. We we, t- we took forever to go. Huh? We do sleep all day. Nah, fool. Remember, was, George hit you up when we first got there, and we pulled our all nighter basically, and then fucking uh, he hit you up, and we took a nap, and we took off. Yeah. Dude. Also, people just is just just just. Just came in. Go to felipesworld.com. That's my webpage, felipesworld.com. And we have a podcast page, okay, with all the episodes and behind-the-scenes photos. Also, on that podcast, there's an Amazon window with a bunch of products from our past guests. That's right. Now, you don't have to search real far to find Fred Stoller's book. Freddy. Freddy. Maybe we'll have you back. You don't have to search far. We have it. Buy it from the page I'm talking about. Metalachi CD, it's in there. Hell you yeah. get that. A couple of movies also from the directors in the episode of a couple of weeks ago. You know, uh, um, Tom Sanchez, Christian Sesma, Joy Medina. Their movies are there also. So, And also um, Dwayne Perkins' book. His book is on there, who we had on last week. Also, on YouTube.com, ATC, you can see all the episodes of the new web series, The Shop. We're up to episode four so far. Next episode comes out this Monday. Subscribe, comment, rate it, love it, hate it. Just show (laughs) some appreciation. All this stuff, by the way, we bring it to you guys for free. Also, go to allthingscomedy.com. And check out some of the other podcasts on the network, like The Champs. Yeah, man. Also, check out The Crab Feast, which I'm also on it. Check out um, Del Razor's. Let there, Del be, Ray's let podcast. there Be Talk, right? Let There Be Talk. Check out About Last Night with Brad Williams. And, um... Okay, fuck that <laughs> shit. Fuck that podcast then. <laughs> Don't even look at it, eh? It's not on the network, eh? It's an enemy of ours. In uh, Bill, Bo- Bill Burr's and Monday Morning Podcast, right? Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Check that one out. Hell yeah, though. Also, man, if you want to um, buy anything, merchandise for all things comedy, and all that money goes to pay for the guy that's over there behind the microphone, Aaron, it'll pay for his his um, gas money, you know? <laughs> All this stuff coming at you live, people. It's for free, all right? Hell yeah. Don't worry. We'll never try to charge you to to subscribe to this podcast because we're not like that, man. We're just going to just charge you tickets to come see us live. That's it. (laughs) Also, upcoming shows. I'm going to be at the River Center Comedy Club in San Antonio, Texas, November 5 through the 8th. I know I could have said November 5th through the 8th, <laughs> but nobody wrote TH behind that 5, so I wrote 5 through the 8th. Temple, Florida in November. What? I'm going to Temple, Florida? I didn't know that. November 12th through the 13th. I didn't know that. Okay. Hopeville in our Central California, November 20th. 
at the Imperial Palm Resort, Barbara Worth. That show is me and Pablo Francisco together for one night only. What's up, Pablo Francisco? You're going to have a good time? You ready for the show? A very good time. So what's up, man? What, what can we expect from you, Pablo Francisco? A lot of new things. It'll be heart-wrenching. Wow, man. So, Paul, there you have it, man. So, how, how, so you, how, what, what, Paulo Francisco, man, I'm, I know you've been touring a lot. I know you're a busy man, man. So, um, Very busy. Okay. So, um, what's your favorite food? Tortillas. Oh, my God. So, who's your favorite actor, Paulo Francisco? Arnold. Okay, man. So, there you have it, people. So, what, what, um, what movies are coming out this week? What movies? I haven't been to the movies in a while, but Batman and Superman are going to be coming. So did you have people? Me and Paulo Francisco will be in Holtville. Arizona's finest. Holtville, okay, in El Centro, November 20th. Also, the weekend of Thanksgiving. The, these are the Black Friday comedy shows. <laughs> Bronzeville, Texas, and McAllen, Texas. November 27 and 28, Thanksgiving weekend. All tickets, info, and more tour dates are available at felipesworld.com slash tour. Also, Tampa, Florida, November 12th through the 15th. That could be a mistake. That could be Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> okay, so for now, I could be wrong, but I'm going to be at Fort Lauderdale. November 12th through the 15th, not Tampa, Florida, as it was written here by someone. All right, fool. So what's up, fool? Let's talk about you and your big titties. <laughs> this fool. A lot of big titties at the show in West Nyack. Oh, man. What's up, man? <laughs> so with Paige, you know? Man, let me tell you, people, we ate at this place called the Bagel Boys. It's a new musical. <laughs> it's funny, man. Like, we were with that guy, George, and um, we were hungry. Hungry as fuck. Bro. And there was this place called the Bagel Boys, which was a cafe deli, but we didn't know it was a cafe deli. And we asked the man, hey, I'm, hey George, so what's Cafe Boys? Uh, what's Bagel Boys? What's Bagel Boys? He's all, uh, it's a new musical. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a new musical. But actually, man, they have some good potato conditions. Hell yeah, dog. Looking blocks and bagels. A lot of Jewish people looking like Jackie Mason. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Welcome to Bagel Boys, you know? Yeah, man. A lot of paisa behind the kitchen, though. Hell yeah, dog. Mexicans representing in West Nyack. Toasting those bagels. We did a show in West Nyack. We were at the Levity Live, and we also met the first Mexican firefighters from this town in New York, Pasquay. It's called Pasque? Pasque or Pasqua. Like Pelesi or Pasque. Pasque or Pasca. Whatever, Whatever you are. Yeah. You showed up to our show, man, representing, showing representing. up with big water hoses. <laughs> the first two Mexican firefighters in that area showed up to our show. So, man, we're moving up, bro. Hell yeah, dog. Now we we're need moving the, up the ladder, you know? Now we need the first two gangsters. <laughs> Imagine, bro, I don't like being the first of anything, man. What's up with that? A lot of people have the, have that thing, huh? I want to be the first to do this and that. I want to be the last. <laughs> Let me hit that. There's a lot of pressure of being the first, huh? Yeah? I think it's all bullshit, fool. Just like just like you, bro. You would have been the first guy from Riverside to be on tonight's show, and everybody walks up to you. Do you have too much pressure? 
Fuck no. I'll be like, get away from me, man, before this fucking bodyguard smacks you and shit. No, I don't know. And I don't think so, fool. It's just those cheesy titles. Like, I was the first to do this. Dick. I was the first, bro. But and then there was somebody before you to do it first, too. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, you're the first. I know, like, some guys always do that, man. Like, especially if you're dating some woman and they say that, hey, bro. I used to fuck her before you. Yeah, what's up with that, dog? Yeah, bro. I already f- so uh, don't worry, bro. I'm like, yeah, bro. I recovered those inches for you. <laughs> I think it's because they say that shit because they want to fuck them now. Because you're fucking them now. Because they got better, huh? Yeah, dude. It's all about a chick getting better. If she gets worse, next. <laughs> or or a lot of chicks might say, oh, I used to be with Jigo when he was in shit. <laughs> this one. Now, that was some girl wrote. She wrote there was an old photo of me and Rodrigo, no, me and um, Gabriel Iglesias and Armando Cosillo. That's when they had the long hair but no beard. And then some girl, yeah, I used to watch Felipe before he got trendy. <laughs> trendy? Trendy, bitch. I haven't, even, <laughs> I haven't even fucking went viral. How can I be trendy? Oh, my God. Trendy dude. because I want to be healthy and be vegan? Hater, <laughs> hey, dog. <laughs> trendy. This should have had me. I haven't heard that shit since high school. Trendy, dog. That's what fucking. What's up, man? Fuck that. Wait, 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 wait. How am I trendy, bro? Nobody's copying my style. <laughs> She's all mad because you're shiny, dog. Because I'm shiny. My nose is all oily. <laughs> yeah, dog. But the first to do shit, dog. The first, man. I don't like. I like people, too much pressure on being the first to do anything, man. I like to be the second fool, bro. Or I like to be the guy. Oh man, you're doing it too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in the mix, fool. Oh, you like white chicks too now, bro? <laughs> For real, man. People, especially like Fab Maranas, they always get upset, bro. Like if you date, like, oh, he's trendy now. He, he married a white chick. But they don't know how when you meet her or how you meet her. Oh, yeah, her. they don't know nothing. They'll, dude, motherfuckers will talk shit on one picture, dog. Or you get those fat-ass chicks that say, oh, I, only, I always will like Jewish kids. Really? You like Jewish people? You're... Where, how many Jewish people in, in Plano, Texas? <laughs> it was her and Jerry Seinfeld, you know? I know. I was the first to do it. Yeah, man. I was the first to suck a penis. <laughs> Fuck that, dog. Hell no, man. I was the first guy to catch a cold sore from that girl. <laughs> Nobody says that, right? Hell no, dude. Only the come up. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so we're over there for, like, six days almost, huh? Hell, yeah, from fucking Wednesday to Monday. We left on Wednesday and got back Monday, man. No sleep till Brooklyn. And we left Tuesday night, fool. We left Tuesday night, Here, man. and got there at 7 in the morning. There was this old lady, man. Oh, the who, first one? The first night. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm a big guy, man. I used to be 280, now I'm 270. Right on. And um, I was trying to get to my window seat, right? And I asked this old lady, excuse me, I'm sitting in the window seat. And she didn't want to get up, bro. <laughs> All she did was lift her placemat. But she didn't want to get up. Dude, there's no way you can get by those so, big-ass knees. So I said, excuse me, ma'am. That's my window seat. So she leaned back instead. So finally, bro, when I was going over there, I had to give her a silent but deadly, bro. Uh, you fucking just uh, let the gas out? I, I farted in her face, man. But it wasn't a loud one. It was just a, one of those silent ones that... <laughs> It was a personal one, man. <laughs> That's for you. It came. It, it came with a, a song. <laughs> it was like, and yeah, man, it was a gas chamber on that old lady. <laughs> hey, did that bitch smell it, dude? She smelled it, bro. I was saving that for the person behind me, but now I, I gave it to her personally. <laughs> 
I sent it with love. She was asking for it, dog. She was asking for it. She can't even get up. What's those old people, man, when they've traveled? They don't want to get up. I don't know, dude. I think they, these motherfuckers uh, don't travel a lot, and they think they're at their house on their couch. I know, man. Like, the most laziest people want to get carried. Dude. I bet you charge people for, for uh, piggyback rides at the airport. People will pay for it. Yo, man, give me a little piggyback ride to um, gate 75. <laughs> people will pay for it, like $10 for a piggyback ride. And they'll do it. I don't know. I probably would, dog. Ten bucks, fool? Fuck that, man. I'll pay you five bucks. Just drag me. <laughs> I bet you would drag fools. Like, just hold them by the two hands and drag them down the airport. They would, they would rather do that than walk. <laughs> Dude, that's some fucking lazy-ass fools, though, dog. To get dragged right there? Imagine. Hey, man, you want to ride around the airport? Now, how much is it? 25 bucks? Nah, man. Give me five. Here's five bucks. Drag me to my <laughs> fucking gate. Tie me up to the back of everybody. Just drag my ass. Put me on top of a cardboard. But, I make, but you got to make it so people won't get hurt. So you got to have, like, a cardboard they can lay on. Hell yeah, dude. What's, What's up, up, fool? We got <laughs> Elon What's Gold. happening, brother? How you doing, guys? Good, man. By the way, now you know it's not just Latinos that are 14 minutes late to things. Yeah, man. It's the Jews, too. It's <laughs> in 14 the, minutes. He took a ferry over here. <laughs> the Jews are... Here's here. There's the list in order of people who are late. It goes like this. Uh -huh. Blacks. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> blacks. Let's, let's start with the blacks. Jews, right? Irish, because they had a little too much of that. <laughs> Latinos. And by the way, Asians never late. Heart always. You, can I sit down? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to shake hands. Oh. So I'm never late. Talking I'm like, so what's up, fool? What's up, fool? You have no idea that I'm never, I'm Mr. Not Late. I'm Joey Not Lady. I'm like Dr. Punctual. I am the most, you know, but I had a, it was a, you know, I'm married. What happened? What's up, fool? Wait, How you let's been? Do How that you better. Been? Let's do that better. Okay. All right, yeah. man. Yeah. You have a fan? Uh, here's the thing. I'm from New York. We were just there. I'm a Bronx boy. You weren't there. We were in West Nile, bro. Oh. No, we were there with the Hasidic Jews. With the Hasidim. Yeah. Hasidim. Hasidim, people too, but what is they? People don't even say hi back. <laughs> no, they don't say hi. They, they have tunnel vision. That's what it looks like. They look they're, possessed. Yeah, there's no difference between them and Amish. Both of those type of people make no eye contact. They just, in fact, I would like to see a Hasidic guy and an Amish guy walking towards each other. And then they just stop and look at each other and go, and then just keep walking, you know, because there's, there would be no, it would be weird for both of them. It's like a mirror, but with a must, no mustache. Ultimate awkwardness. Here's what I was saying. What was I saying before? The Mets. I grew up in the... I'm from, I don't know. A lot of people don't know this, but I'm from the South. Bronx. Um, you know that when I was interviewed for Lauren Michaels... I go all over the place, people. I don't know if you could start. We'll get back to the Mets. It's all good. I screen tested for Saturday Night Live. I didn't get it. I don't know if you heard. Test. You... Uh, it's weird. They have you go up at the studio, at Studio 8H, and you have to just do five minutes of characters and impressions, and I did all sorts of impressions. We'll do the impressions later. Oh, we'll get to impressions, believe me, because <laughs> I have never stood in front of a, a mic this large without uh, doing my Howard Stern impression. Uh, well, this is very exciting. Let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, I am doing a Felipe's podcast, even though I don't believe in podcasts, Robin. You know that. Uh, we are here with, uh, uh, can I call you Rod, the Rod Man? <laughs> 
Uh, you must have some rod down there. Let me tell you something. I uh, I am hung like a tic tac. <laughs> um, the point is, I was doing my impressions. I was. I think I did Howard Stern. I did a bunch of impressions, <clears throat> and then and you do it to no audience. There's literally no one there except Lauren Michaels, who's sitting in a chair in front of you, and then like Marcy Klein. Like two people are there, and they just sort of look at you. And it's just there's Damn. dead silence. It's dead silence. Well, you used to that. <laughs> you, you, you know what that's about. You've done stand up. So uh, yeah, it's like stand up. Yeah, it's stand up without an audience. And then if that goes well, you get to meet with Lauren. And then in my meeting with Lauren, and by the way, there was a gentleman sitting outside the hall waiting with me to meet Lauren. His name is Will Farrell. He's next. He's he's before me. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but he, he got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for the phone call. <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm looking at my cell phone. Back, I don't think it was even a cell phone back then that we had. No, it was a landline. Dang. I was staring at my landline. Pager, going, beeper. The beeper. I, I did have a beeper. I am the king. <laughs> I had a beeper. And I remember <laughs> being so excited when that beeper went off. Oh, yeah. Well, flipped it over. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, what are the numbers to hello? It's it eight, was um, it's, no, four, four, three, 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 seven, seven, zero. No eights? No eights. Eights is for the boobs. Eight for the boobs. Eights for boobs. <laughs> I knew there was something with the eights and boobs. Or so sideways anyway, forever. So, so I go in to meet Lauren. And this is, by the way, the famous story where Will Ferrell had a briefcase with him. And he's holding yeah, a Yeah, props. No, he, he, he literally did have a prop. And the bit that he was going to... A bribe and shit. Right. He was going to do that. <laughs> yeah, an envelope. He, he was going to say, okay, <clears throat> Lorne, I think if you give me this show and then like open the briefcase and be like, this $1 million in cash will be yours. And it turns out he, he wimped out. He got so nervous to meet Lorne that he didn't even do the bit. So now he's going, great. Now Lorne thinks I'm just some dipshit with a briefcase and I'm not even going to do this bit. And he walked out. And I'm thinking, what is this idiot doing? Who brings a briefcase <laughs> to a meeting with Lorne Michael? It's like bringing a folder, like a file. I brought my files with me. It's You don't bring anything. You just bring it. You bring it. So speaking of bringing it, I then go in to meet Lorne. And Lorne asks me, where are you from? And I say, I'm from the South. Take a beat. Bronx. And he just stared at me and he went... And do you use that professionally? <laughs> and I just went, oh, wow, this isn't going to go well. I was trying to make a joke. So you asked me where I'm from. It's the Bronx. So, therefore, I'm a Yankee fan, first and foremost. But, however, being that the Yankees are nowhere near this uh, situation, I'm saying, let's go Mets. <laughs> because New York's is still New York. I still yeah. got to keep it real. Look what I'm wearing. What am I wearing? Comedy Cellar, Greenwich Village. Comedy Cellar t-shirt. Because I'm a New York comedian. A New York Jew comic, baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> right here. New York Jew comics in the house. You know the Comedy Cellar is the is the greatest club in the world. Right? Never been there. You been there? No, never been there. Felipe, I'm, I'm a little surprised at you. It is the greatest club in the world. Have, you haven't even, like... When to see it? Like to never. See. So you know what goes on there, right? <laughs> I know what goes on the comedy store. 
Yeah, yeah. Believe me, there's a lot that goes on at the comedy (laughs) store. Um, Listen, those are all great clubs. Laugh Factory is my home club here in L.A. I love the Laugh Factory. Jamie Masada, shout out. Where is where is he? Not here, buddy. He's not Not here, buddy. Not here, buddy. (laughs) Um, But there's some there's something about the comedy cellar that. It's almost like an artist's colony where, like, the greatest mi- – it's like the – where all the great poets would go and and there was a bar. What was that place called where Hemingway and all the great literature – I'm Cheers. sure you're – Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. The whole watering hole, you know. Right. And um, where where they'd go and, and they'd just, you know, just hang out and drink. and talk. So that's like what the comedy cellar is. All of the greatest minds in comedy, besides you, you guys, are there. And on any given night, Louis C.K. will be there like once or twice a week. Chris Rock is always dropping by. Uh, Seinfeld, uh, Chappelle. It's, it's just insane. And like... On a regular night, like on the lineup, it's like Aziz and Attell and Jim Norton and let's just say me. <laughs> and and it's like on a regular night, you're in for guaranteed A-list, boom, boom. And that's why I say it's the best club in the world. Not because like the Laugh Factory isn't the best. The Laugh Factory is an amazing club, has amazing comedians all the time. But what Jamie does is different than what like – you know, J- Jamie will have uh, some top headliners and A-list guys mixed in with newcomers and mixed in. He likes to give. He's got a good heart. He, you know, whereas at the cellar they have no heart. Where you know he likes to give you know the younger comedians stage time because what's more important than that? Cellar. There's no young. There's no open mic night at the cellar. There's no. Oh, we're gonna give this young comedian a shot. It's just it's Amy Schumer and then it's freaking. You know, whoever... Jimmy whoever, Walker. Right. J.J. Dynamite. <clears throat> so that's why for the audience, and that's why on a Monday night, on a Tuesday night, when it is sold out, three shows a night, there's a line at the door, because the audience knows they're guaranteed to have an A++ night of all A-list comedians, and some of the biggest legends and icons in the history of comedy will also probably just pop in and do like 20 minutes. I was there over the summer... And Louis walked in, and then for the first time in nine years, John Stewart walks in. Literally two weeks before his, you know, retirement, his last taping. And I, and I thought to myself, I was like, "Oh, he's going to be here a lot now. He's showing up because he knows that when he retires, he's going to want to have a place to go and belong and hang and work." And this is it. This is the place he started. He hadn't been here in years. And we were all like, go up. He was like, oh, I haven't done this in too long. I haven't done this in years. I haven't done stand-up in two years. I'm like, just go. I think you can hang. It's like riding a bicycle. And we all, like, pushed him to go up. He finally went up. And the crowd went nuts. And it was like John Stewart, Louis C.K. And then, of course, I had to follow that. So I get up there on stage and I go, what a night of comedy, you lucky people. What an audience. Does you guys like one the lottery. I mean, to think, to think that in one night, in one night, you get. Wait, let me get to the punchline. The punchline is good. Dan Natterman and Elon Gold. I just I listed, <laughs> I listed the two comedians who were there who weren't exactly the biggest stars in the world. That was the joke, and they all laughed. <laughs> Dan Natterman is funny. 
No, no, no. Dan, Adam, <laughs> no, Dan Adamon's great, but he's not John Stewart, and neither am I. So that was the joke that they were excited about seeing me and Dan Natterman. He's a couple of 50 credits short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a couple of 50 credits credit short. short. Anyway, enough about I feel like, am I talking too much? No, no I didn't go for it. Don't or is this too? how these podcasts you know, work? Like, you're out naming all the other comedians in that club. And Miro Jigo is going to, but okay, so that's, that's the club where you might get bumped every night. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. It's pretty much it's the like place. club I will avoid. <laughs> yeah. No, you do. It's great if you're if you're a big shot, but if you're like an unknown guy, you're going to be bumped. So you're going to go back to the other club like Gotham. Right. But by the way, Catch that's fine. But who doesn't want to get bumped to watch 20 Minutes of Chappelle, you know? That's like worth it. I'll get bumped for that. I got bumped to see seven hours of day cook. <laughs> right, enough. exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I am from New York, and I grew up there, and I grew up in the Bronx. I know what you think. Oh, you went to a Jewish high school, right? Right. See, but you think we, we saw that on on Wikipedia? Oh, you did your research. <laughs> no, for this. as soon as you look, I looked you up. Your wife shows up first. Is what, that what was true? That? What happened? And by the way, which wife showed up? Because <laughs> no, not that I'm not that I've been married twice. I've only been married once. Blonde one. Right, so I have there's two blonde wives that are on the internet. One is my TV wife from a TV show I did. The, it was it was the hit uh, canceled show In Laws. I don't know if you heard of it, anybody, but it was on NBC. So th- she's a beautiful blonde woman named Bonnie Somerville, who's currently on Code Black or some show, right, on CBS. And then there's my other beautiful blonde wife, my actual wife Sasha, who's another beautiful blonde. Sometimes people say to me, "I googled you. Boy, do you have a gorgeous." Blonde wife, and I just go, which one? They're both gorgeous. <laughs> I have a TV, TV wife. And a, when, yeah. when people Google you or Google anyone, and that stuff that shows up, like right. um, Elon Goes Wife right. or Elon Goes Show, does that show up because that's what people search for? Wow, so people, I guess people, people search, do search people for search people's wives. wife. They, they do show Felipe's wife. It shows Felipe's wife. And how does that look? Lisa shows up, but no, actually, I'm, you're Felipe's her? wife. Yes, my wife. Wait, are you Felipe's wife? Yeah, Lisa. Yeah. Wait, how did I not know that? Uh, we just we've been together about nine years, but we got married in the Wait, we have met before then. Yeah. Wait, we've yeah. met before many times, and I didn't know that you. I didn't put it together. I'm such an idiot. Wait, and and that's your beautiful, lovely wife. Yes, it is. But you only got married recently. Yes. Yeah, but we've been together. Oh, nine years. Nine years. Wow. It's almost a decade, you know? That is amazing. I I just celebrated 21 years of marriage. Are you serious? 21 years. After high school. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) He got married in gym class. That's right. In ninth grade. It was, yeah. Are you kidding? 21 years? Damn, Um, dude. 21 years. It's unbelievable. You know what the secret to marriage? What? Marriage. We have to realize something about marriage. Marriage is like a fine wine where every day it gets better with age. I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> but like a kosher wine, it could only be so good. You know what I mean? Kosher wine. You ever had kosher wine, Felipe? No. Yeah, you'll know what I mean. You're Jewish. How many Manischewitz or what? Yeah, how many people in your audience are Jews? What what's the what's the ratio? There's some out there, dude. What are the ethnic uh, Did you ever do a breakdown? breakdown. Of ethnic, we have people. some who are Jewish in Texas. In Texas, you have those Texan Jews. <laughs> yes. Hey, good Shabbos, y'all. <laughs> and and what do you? What else do you have? Where else do you have people? Therefore, um, people in um, East Coast, of course. East Coast, East Coast, Australia. And that's not track. People don't enter. Yeah, yeah they don't. They don't enter it. Wow. But there are a lot of Jews in Texas. 
girl from all over the world. That, that is amazing. We got someone that showed up in West Nyack, right? Hell yeah, dude. But do peep? Does your audience know our connection, Felipe? Do no, they know no. why the story? No. The, well, here's what happened. Here's the thing about Felipe, because Felipe and I did Jay Leno's. We didn't do. We we did Jay Sketches Leno. It was a three way. It was me. It's a nice show. <laughs> Could you imagine a three way with Jay Leno? Oh, this is good. Uh, you know. Oh, look at this. This guy's got his dick out, and he's uh... anyway. <laughs> Uh, do me a favor. I can only handle one dick at a time. Felipe, put yours away. Alon, come here for a second. That's my Jay Leno. That's good, man. The thing about Leno is he uh, he always trails off when he tells a joke. You know what I mean? He'll set up a joke, and then he'll try to be like, oh, this is good about this. Donald Trump in the news. Amazing, amazing. How about this? about this in the papers? Dies out, huh? It dies out. It dies out. <clears throat> oh, speaking of Donald's, Donald Rumsfeld back in the news. Amazing, amazing. Read about this, Felipe. About this, in the papers. Yeah, Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> so I, so we did Jay Leno's show together. We did, we did a couple of Jay Leno shows and Tonight Show, right? Yeah, we did the court one first. Right. So what happened was, I saw Felipe at the Laugh Factory, and I was just like, who? the hell is this guy he is hilarious he literally i'm looking at like mexican mitch hedberg i'm like this guy's got the great jokes this great presence you just don't care don't right you just don't care but you also care enough to write good jokes yeah man <laughs> thank you yeah so it's like i'm looking at you going this mofo is so good, is so funny. Never saw you before, never heard of you. This is years ago. And then I was talking to Neil Brennan about you, our good friend Neil. You know Neil? Yeah. Co-created Chappelle's show. Yes, he's been on this show too. Oh, cool. We'll give you a little Neil. Oh, is that your Neil? <laughs> does he do this a lot? He puts his head down? Nah, dude. So, no, he does the Neil because I thought, oh, the Neil is this. You know the... You know the, uh, bro, the Mooney Twins. The Mooney Twins? No. Paul, Paul Mooney's Paul. Son, the, yeah, the, the, Paul. Two, the twins. I got two little twins. Oh, God, that's funny. You know the Mooney twins, Wait a minute. Right? I didn't know you do impressions. Oh, these guys do good impressions. Wait a minute. We <laughs> got to do an impression off a little later. Yeah. <laughs> that was already good. Do that again, Mooney. Mooney got two little motherfuckers out there doing comedy. <laughs> but, the, but those fools did a, a funny ass bit yeah, about so, JFK. Uh, you right? his, bro- his sons? <laughs> yeah. They're light skinned guys. They're two brothers. They're the Mooney twins. Oh. And. They used to do um they do they're like um the Sklar brothers they they do right. they do twin, like oh, yeah. twin Two comedy show, twin huh? comedy twin comedy so, JFK Jr. had just passed away right so one <laughs> Mooney twin yeah JF, JFK Jr. just passed away and then the other Mooney twin he did a little Neo like the one JFK did when his father died he just got done and he's one at this oh. That's funny. So I died. Oh, so every time I, I, I see a comedian bomb or a comedian do something it's stupid, just... I always go like this. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the Moody Twins just did this. That's so funny. little Neil. So Neil says to me, he goes, I'm t- we're both talking about you and how funny you are. And he's like, oh, yeah, this guy is unbelievable. He goes, he was directing a movie at the time. He goes, Felipe's the kind of guy... I I would love even first of all I'd love to have him in a movie but even if you just had him for a cutaway he's the kind of guy that when you cut to him he's so funny like facially it just like Bill Murray has that Bill Murray doesn't have to say anything he gives a look and the audience goes nuts 
And that no, see, that's not good. Kind <laughs> 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 of tried. Huh? He tried. <laughs> but but he's <laughs> the kind of guy, Felipe, that's just. He just oozes funny, and you just cut to him, and it's just like, oh, that would get a laugh. And that stuck with me when Neil said that years ago. He said that to me. He goes, yeah, yeah, he's kind of guy. And then I'm doing these Tonight Show pieces, and I'm like, I'd love to do it with Felipe because he's the kind of guy that as a comedy partner, anytime we'd be cutting to him, it'd be like funny reaction, funny line, funny throwaway. And why not make it a funnier piece? Because I used to, I was asked, I did like, Five uh, sets on The Tonight Show. I did stand-up sets, and then they asked me to do correspondent stuff. So I did a few. They were very funny. One was the uh, Super Duper Nanny. It was the mock. It was a fake. I was basically parodying the Super Nanny, but giving the worst parenting advice to, like, <laughs> parents strolling their kids in the mall, like, what are you doing with your children? You're getting... Listen to me. And I would just, like... The worst advice, like it would be like, you've got to teach your child just how stupid they are. You've got to tell them they're <laughs> ugly, that they're almost retarded. Because here's the thing. When you give them too much self-esteem, when you give them like too much, you know, uh, confidence, it, they, they, they ruin themselves. Look at all the biggest, most successful people, the Bill Gates, the geeks, the people who were, tra- you know, the, uh, traumatized in childhood. They never, you know, were told that they were anything but, you know, dorky and stupid and whatever. Because those <laughs> are the ones that rise to the top. And then we would always cut to, I go, I would say, it's all in my new book. And we'd cut to a graphic of a new book, and it, this one was self-esteem, a steaming pile of crap. Or one of the books they cut to was men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and kids are a pain in Uranus. But my favorite <laughs> book uh, cutaway was um, I was telling her about she was yelling at her kid, and I go, you know, just – just you do not hit your kids. It's very important that what you don't use a belt or your hand. In fact, it's all in my new book. Hit your child with this book. And it was <laughs> a picture. Of, that was the book was called was Hit Your Child. Anyway, the point is I did the super duper nanny thing. I did that again. I did this other thing, another silly little character. And then I went, I got to bring Felipe in for this. So I thought of this uh, bit called, called uh, Home Court. It's like the people's court, but we come to your living room. <laughs> you ever see it? Yeah, I seen them. Right, the whole so, court. so it's like it's home court, home court advantage, you know. So literally, we bring in the whole de- the, the desk and the bailiffs, and the, and I will. And I was like, okay, Felipe could be the bailiff, and we will settle disputes from like college roommates or <laughs> disputes, yeah, or husband wife, neighbors. And I was the judge, right? Sorry, I was Judge uh, Gold, and. Again, we did this, and it was, like, amazing. And we, like, it just killed. And it's so much fun because you stand out there and you play it for the audience while the while it's rolling. And you just hear the laughs. Like, when you cut it together, you just hear it, and it just kills. And then we did this other one. It also killed, but not as hard. <laughs> it wasn't as a big a hit. I, you and, and me, too. Right, and I like that too. And by the way, after that one, I was never asked back again. I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> and 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 just for the record, they told me that I was, and that includes you, Felipe. But uh, my pieces were the highest testing of all the other correspondent pieces. That the audiences loved them. They rated all the different 
correspondence. They do these things. They test things. I don't know why they do it. It's stupid. But uh, and they and and you know ours tested the best. And the the one the other thing that I love that we did was the common courtesy police, where we basically went around in these dumb outfits and busted people for being assholes. You know, yeah. it's like how do you not have common courtesy? You know, the people who park where their their tires are over the line. You know, the people who who stand in the Ted Ims or Les Lane clearly with thirteen or fourteen items. <laughs> how dare they? And we waited for them in the parking lot. We waited for them back in the parking lot and, and busted them. them and grabbed items out. You know, and we just had a good time. We went, then we went to someone's house. We we busted a, a, a husband for putting, you know, laundry on the floor of the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> just common courtesy items. So we had a good time. And now I'm thinking, this is like we're a team. We're a, this is the, this is what's a, like this is Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, Chico and the man. Chico and the Jewy Jew. <laughs> yes, well, let's do this. Chewy and Jewy. Chewy and Jewy. This would be a cartoon, huh? Right. I know. And I'm like, we could do this. Let's let's keep doing more of these. I want to do more of these. I want to have a show. I wanted to do. I wanted to pitch a show with you, and then nobody ever asked us back. And then Jay Leno got kicked off NBC. This guy got this surfer dude in Burbank. I'm about to write a citation on those toes. <laughs> and yeah. went to the guy's toes, and, he, and his toes were really jacked up, bro. <laughs> yeah, and it was sad toes, because bro. he had that face like he still wants to act. Yeah, and now they don't, now they thought his toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So forget about us. I want to hear these impressions. I want to <laughs> hear so... some of these impressions that uh, you, you hosted know. an impression impression show. I was a judge. It was a it was a show. It was me, Jeff Ross, and Lisa Ann Walter. We were three judges, and it was like American Idol. But instead of singers, it was people doing impressions. That air? <laughs> it was on TV. No. Oh, really? Did you, did you hear that? <laughs> that was. That's almost more painful than, dude, you suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> that hurts more than, you know, it's like, I, I don't I don't recognize you. You're a comedian? No. It's like. What's the who podcast? We get to the serious questions. <laughs> Oh, I would pay attention. <laughs> oh, I got to go to Marin to get the real question. <laughs> but this is uh, did it air? It was like a full season of <laughs> horribleness. <laughs> and, I remember it too. Yeah, and and I yeah, and I was a judge, and I, I kind of it was a stupid job because I would, you know, as a guy who does impressions, I would you know critique. But it's like it's not funny. I just want to be. When they called me to do it, I was like. No, I really said no. Like nobody, you know, none of us say no to TV opportunities. But I said to them, I go, I don't want to just be on TV. I want to be funny on TV. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like this. I don't want to just do a podcast. I want to be funny on a podcast, and I failed miserably. <laughs> we are forty-one minutes in, and I don't think I've told one joke. <laughs> so I apologize, but. That being said, the guys at ABC were like, no, 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 we want you to be funny. We want you to be not just like a Simon Cowell. We want you to make jokes and do impressions with them and teach them how to do it and be funny. <laughs> teach them. Yeah. And I was like, all a right. sensei. Yeah. And then I had like my third out of four kids and I went, yeah, maybe I should do a TV show and bought a house. Yeah, maybe this mortgage needs to get paid. So I did it, but I'm not very proud of it. I'm not very proud of anything, pretty much, except my Netflix special. And if you want to see funny, you know, forget about what Chosen me here. Chosen and taken. Thank you. Thanks for remembering. 
Chosen and Taken, Elon Gold, Chosen and Taken, you go to Netflix. It's on there right now. That is one thing that I'm proud of because that to me is the culmination of, you know, 10 years of getting a, a special ready. I mean, I've been doing stand-up for 20 years. But, like, the first 10 years I was just kind of, like, goofing off. I didn't care. I was just using raw talent. I would do impressions. I'd have a few observations. But there wasn't, like, an act that I was, like, proud of that you can point to and go, oh, these are great. This is great stuff. It was more just like, yeah, yeah, get up there, get some laughs, and, and go try to get laid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, neither of those happened. <laughs> no laughs and no pussy. The yeah. first 10 years you were just doing your set like, 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 um, Oh, maybe the right people just listen to a hundred percent. No, 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 a hundred percent. Why first, do we do that? I don't We're know so why. St- I always, you, we we don't uh, care. In the first ten years, all you uh, want is man. like stardom. So all I cared about was to get Saturday Night Live or something or something. But specifically, or that hot in the front row. That right, the I hot chicken. Everyone front row. but me. Right, and <laughs> and, it, and it was just like you know, damn story for, of my life. For me, you know, it was like. I just was using stand-up, even though I loved stand-up, and I grew up loving, Love loving, you know, comedians. Like, and there's so many comedians I admired, guys like um, Steve Martin and and Letterman and Billy Crystal, Robin Williams, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Bob Goldthwaite, Howie Mandel, all these guys that I dice, like guys that I would just love. And what I did was <laughs> my first act was doing impressions of all the comedians that I loved. It was literally Dice and Richard Lewis and Stephen Wright. And and I would write my own material, but in their voice. It would be jokes. Like the biggest compliment I ever got was Richard Lewis saw me do him. And he would be like, I, I forget the impression. I can't believe I didn't write that joke. And I know I didn't. Because I would really kind of nail their, not just their voice vocally, but their comedic voice. And... One after the other, I would just do impressions. And also at the time, I was afraid to even talk as myself. So I was just like on stage, petrified. Well, if I can hide behind these guys, I'll just do this. So I would do that. And that was just like, oh, and maybe someone will notice, well, you know, how good I am at impressions and at writing. And I'll get something, a <laughs> sketch show, a Saturday Night Live show. Yeah. But I didn't like care. I didn't toil over it. And it wasn't until like, I think it was a turning point for me was like Chris Rock's Bring the Pain. Because I knew Chris a little bit. He was sort of the graduating class before me. Like, my class was more uh, Tell and Louis and Nick DiPaolo and Chappelle. And, you started with them? Yeah, that was my class in New York. All those guys. Um, and and um, and then the, then the guys before me was Chris Rock, Sandler, John Stewart. Like, those. that was the graduating class. In fact, while I was graduating... That, you know, while I, while they were graduating, I was entering, and the, I was a freshman, and and um, but you know, j- what was I talking about? Rodrigo's in continuation yeah. here. What? <laughs> Rodrigo's in comedy continuation. Oh, he is. <laughs> he hasn't gotten his GED yet. <laughs> his CED. Um, but anyway, so oh, so Chris Rock. You know, I would see Chris Rock every now and then, and he was always funny. There's there's no doubt about it that he was funny. From the first time I saw him. But there is a huge difference between Chris Rock in the 80s, who was just like, oh, who's this funny, cool guy? He's like uh, Eddie Murphy's protege. And then Chris Rock bring the pain. Yeah. Where all of a sudden you just went, oh, he worked at his craft. 
nailed that shit, and now he's amazing. So I had this, like, thought, like, I'll always be good because I just have, you know, inborn, I take no credit for talents like, oh, I could do impressions. So you can always be good. If you know how to do a magic trick, which impressions are basically magic tricks, if you know how to do a magic trick, you just have some talent and you have some tricks and you just do them. So you'll be good. But to be Houdini or to be like one of the greats, you really have to work on it. And I'm like, do I really just want to be good at stand-up? Do I really just want to do well? Or do I want to be one of the greats? So... That inspired me and guys like, you know, Rock and, and Seinfeld, who's such a master craftsman who cares so much. He cares so much about every word. And I was just like, it's time to start caring. And at that moment, it took 10 years until then till you crafted the hour that I was like, OK, I'm proud of this. And that's what's on Netflix now. And uh, now I built it up too much. People are going to watch it and go, this sucks. what the fuck is this guy talking about? This took him 10 years. Take me 10 minutes. Where'd you shoot it at? Uh, shot it in New York. By the way, that was a Mark Marin type question, and now I'm proud of you. I think you've graduated from. What number are you compared to Marin? One nineties. One ninety. One ninety. All the way up to eighties. Yeah. What you and what is he at? One. He's literally number like five. one. Five. Always oh, in, in the top ten. He's in the top ten, ten and you're in yeah. the top hundred. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. Oh yeah, dog. Yeah, man. That's pretty cool. I think, though, un- but unfortunately, you may dip below that with this one. I think there's a lot of tune-out rate. <laughs> At this yeah. point, they're going, who is this guy? Why isn't he funny? And just do some impressions. We should do some impressions. <laughs> What's chosen the fans, are, the fans are listening. Who is this guy? Right. And why hasn't he mentioned his coke problem. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Where's his kidnap story. By the way, that's true. Him? That's true. <laughs> I don't have a story, but I did. Like I said, I did grow up in the Bronx. I know you guys think uh, all Jews have money. It's not true at all. <laughs> we met some that don't. <laughs> you actually met some, right? Yeah, I trip out on that. Dude. Yeah. Well, guess what? Weed. It's a fucking stereotype. Most Jews don't have money. Every Jew I know doesn't have money except two, and they have to be billionaires. But anyway. <laughs> But my family, we grew up, my parents were teachers in the in the South Bronx, and uh, we lived in a shitty little apartment. <laughs> it's true. And everyone's like, Jewish? Shitty. Wow, what are you? You know, and it's like, no. Everybody. But your folks were art dealers. No, no, that's not true. And they were teachers, and we were all just, you know, it was a very lower, lower, lower middle class uh, upbringing. But uh, we had food. We had food. <laughs> there was food. And uh, and all my cousins and everyone I knew, no one was no one I knew growing up was rich. And then I met my wife, uh, and at at a sweet sixteen party, and I was just like uh, in love. The day I met, the night I met her, I said I'm marrying her, and I said it to my friend Leon Lowenstein, and he said, "Well, Leon, <laughs> oh Leon, <laughs> well, who's that? What's that? I don't know. <laughs> we we'll just go back and forth with shit." Oh, that's funny because I actually have a joke in my act that goes. You know, I talk about how... Do you no, talk about Pearl? No, I no, talk about... We, we don't mean... We're from, we're from L.A., man. Yeah. So we don't, we don't hear names like Leon Lewis. No, no, but that's my joke. And Pearl. That, no, no, no. But the joke is Howard. that... I talk Howie. about how blacks and Jews are very similar, right? Black people, Jewish people are very similar. We have a shared history of enslavement, right? We have a common love of chicken, right? And our giant dicks. But anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to start that one. But then I go, but then the Josh other thing, the other thing that Jews and blacks have, they have in common, the other thing we both have in common is the name Leon. Leon 
if you happen upon a Leon in your life, he he's either going to be only one of two things. It's either going to be, <laughs> hi, this is Leon. I'll be doing your taxes. Or, yo, this is Leon. I'm about to do your taxes. That's right. That Leon's an accountant, too. Or, you're up north. Yeah, man. This, the, you're lying about a Leon story. Remember the fucking Kings of Leon story? Kings of Leon story. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the point, <laughs> is, the point is that Leon Lowenstein turns to me and he says, uh, you know, this girl you're talking about marrying, she's loaded. <laughs> After uh, you told him? Yeah. And I was like, tight. Good. Hey, c- doesn't hurt. <laughs> It don't hurt. Guess who's paying for that wedding? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the in-laws. <laughs> yeah, well, cut to. I go hit the road and save up for a ring. This is then years later. And save up for a ring. And I I did colleges and everything. I saved up $10,000 wanting to impress her wealthy parents. And what did they say? They went, oh, that's not enough for a ring. I'll tell you what, we'll kick in another eight. Damn. Yeah. By the way, uh, that ring is lost. If you're looking to rob my house right now, <laughs> that ring we lost years ago, do not come into my home and uh, you won't find it. Damn. <laughs> They're loaded. Kick in another eight. How about another two? Let's make it ten eight. How much are you going to spend, bro, on your engagement ring? <laughs> yes, well, I don't know, fool. <laughs> Well, you don't want to be a cheap ass fool, too, huh? Right. No, you got to spend at least yeah. a grand. You ten be, grand. You can't have your girl walk around with no, no cheesy ass ten rock. Ten grand or one grand? No, no, no. One grand you have to spend. But ten grand is... Go to the outlets. Ten, <laughs> I wouldn't have even... This the is a kid yard. from the Bronx. I wouldn't have even considered more than two or three, but I wanted to impress them. It was all to get them... You know, to be like, all right, he's going to do well. So I worked Lord my of the Ringo ass here, dog. Yeah. But you're going to be like, man, come on, man. I don't fuck with blood diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> these wow, blo- 18,000, huh? Yeah, for a ring. Is that crazy? That's crazy. Man. Yeah. It's the motherfucker got some shine to it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of colleges in Ithaca that I had to drive around <laughs> wow. and perform at. The Poconos. Hell no. <laughs> and that was when I got the, the big 750 at college, you know. <laughs> I had to do a good 14 colleges before I could pay for that ring. But anyway, um Tunacus. We should I want to hear some of these impressions cuz we're, <laughs> we're boring these people in the audience. Rodrigo <laughs> does First of all, we're, we were in West Nyack. This do a lot of people who went to our show. Isn't there a virus, a West Nyack virus? <laughs> there was a West Nyack virus. There was, right? <laughs> I think that's Niles, but anyway, Niles. let's keep going. What's, yeah, yeah, a lot, people, a, a lot of people with cold sores at that mall. Right, It'd be shining out there. A lot of people were at the show, and um, a lot of Jewish women, a lot right. of a lot of blacks. But this older Jewish couple walked up to Rodrigo, goes, "We're so glad you guys came." Oh God, your impersonations were amazing. <laughs> Felipe Esparza, of course, last coming standing. That's why we're here. <laughs> but you did James Gandolfini. And then you did Andrew. <laughs> you did Andrew as Clay. But this, the, the, the way she said it, you did Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. Who calls him Andrew? His mother they, in the, Pearl, the lady. Right, right. But she said it like, it was endearing that you did a Jewish impersonation. Oh, you did one of ours. You Little, did one of ours. You know, you did Andy Silverstein. <laughs> That's his real name, by the way. Yeah, Andrew Silverstein. Andrew bro. Silverstein. You Ray did uh, Andrew Ray with the tough leather and the 15,000 rhinestones. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I want to hear the Gandolfini. 
Hey, how you guys doing, everybody? Uh, Elon Gold wants to hear the Gandolfini with the breaths. Oh, God. You know, with the thinking, the little eyes, the blinks. Oh, God. That's, that's about it, though. That's yeah. so, so good. Do the doctor, bro. <laughs> no, Dr. Milfi. No, <laughs> Would you like a blowjob, Mr. Soprano? <laughs> <laughs> then Harvey Keitel gets mad. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> By the way, I'm the I may be the only comedian who doesn't do a Bill Cosby. Do you do a Cosby? No, nah, some of those impressions like that. I, I, hate that. I hate Yeah, I hate doing impressions of people that I like Always to do impressions do of people ones. that no one does and nobody even knows. Like I'll do like Charles Grodin. Nobody in your audience knows Charles <laughs> no. Grodin. But if you saw Midnight Run, yeah, about that movie, and he came out on uh, Louis, right? Yeah, he was on Louis and Midnight. Yeah, and remember Henderson's? Remember him yeah. in, in Midnight Run? I'm not saying I'm your account, but if I were your account, if I were your account, <laughs> I got to be honest with, with him. Dude. I, re- I really don't appreciate. I don't appreciate. <laughs> it, uh, I don't appreciate any of this. And nobody knows that. And I like to do impressions of people. Nobody knows. That's my favorite thing. But like, yeah, you do a Cosby, and then you know, on stage I talk about Cosby because you have to now. It's, yeah. a, it's a law if you're in comedy. <laughs> But I do the mocking fake Bill Cosby impression. It's like not the real. The thing I talk about is how we in the comedy community knew about uh, Cosby's problems way, well ahead. Like years ago, I knew. I don't know about you guys, but I knew. I always heard shit on the news about that. And it would but, just go away. But not quick. even in the news. Like I heard about it within the, like from comedy writer friends. Like I heard that. And then it gets a little jokey at this point. But I heard that when he was doing the um, original Cosby show, he sat down with the writers and uh, they were talking about what uh, what Bill Cosby's character should do. And he was like, I would like to be a pussy doctor. It's like, what, what, what do you mean, Bill? You mean like a, a gynecologist? I want to be a doctor of the pussies. Again, by the way, it's a terrible Cosby, but it's just for the for the bit. So then they go, well, you know, a, a pussy doctor, uh, Bill, it's a, it's a family show. You know, is, is there any way? We, we like the idea of you being a doctor, though. That's a good idea. No, not just the doctor. Pussies. I want to be the, the doctor of pussies. Okay, can we can we compromise here? Let's 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 say you will be a doctor on the show, but how about like um, a podiatrist? Is that pussies? No, it's feet, <laughs> Bill. It's feet. No, I do not want feet. I want the pussy. So I said, okay, okay, Bill. How about this again? Again, I'll work with you, but it's all about compromise. Maybe he can be an OBGYN. Again, is that a pussy doctor? No, no, it's a doctor that delivers babies. And babies come out of pussies. Yes, yes, they do come out. So in a way, you'll be working with pussies. Uh, uh, let me think about this. By the way, this bit usually does better on stage. But I've got <laughs> two comedians staring at me like, this is not funny. He does the, and this is like the Lauren Michaels moment. Oh, that's hilarious. And, and you do this professionally? And this is part of what you do on stage. I don't appreciate this comedy that you so call it. <laughs> anyway, the point is... And, and I you do Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. That's my signature guy. Because, really? Because Goldblum is also a quirky guy. And I've done it for him. And we've actually become friends, which is always weird when you become really? friends. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah. When you become tight. buddies, because he's With the fly, it. huh? 
Oh, The Fly was my favorite it's movie. It's a badass movie. Though. I watched that movie 20 times, and then I just became him. I just started like going, <laughs> watch when I get home. Uh, 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 I'm working on something. It'll change the world as we know it. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. Uh, but, but also, um, mm. and then when he turns into The Fly and he starts giving that speech about... Have you ever heard of insect politics? Mm. Uh, insects don't have politics. They're very brutal. It's just like it's a fascinating movie. And I just – I'm the kind of guy that I could zero into something and watch and then just absorb it, right? Like when you watch Sopranos, you're watching, you're mesmerized by it, you absorb it, and then it can just come right back out. Yeah, when it captivates you like that. Exactly. It has to captivate you in order for it to come back out of you. Are we taking pictures now? <laughs> Is that what's happening? Yeah. But with, with the, the lovely Mrs. Esparza. Yeah, man. When you see Lisa. Lisa. I was going to ask you, when you see people do impressions and they're, like, not on, does it bother you? Yeah, because it's just like, you know, it's, it, again, like, not comparing it to magic again, but it's like, uh, imagine a great magician just watching someone pull a rabbit out of it. It's like, we've seen that, and it's not good. You didn't even pull it out properly. <laughs> um, so it's just like you want to see. I love watching amazing amazing impressions like me too like 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 who does like caliando's george w bush is like so much fun to watch or his madden is madden is painful jay moore does an unbelievable colin quinn i could watch him do it all day and there's a guy on howard now who does uh who does gary bubba Booey and artie and it's just the f- i could literally listen to it all day you do a good of my old manager on a Chappelle show, Barry Katz. Well, nobody in your audience knows Barry Katz. <laughs> they know now. <laughs> the cat is out of the bag. The cat is out of the bag. <laughs> that was... You've met Barry Katz? Yes. Oh, because you worked on last <clears throat> comic. Yes, and um, Barry Katz, Jay Moore talked about him on, on his show, and he had Barry Katz... <laughs> And Jay Moore's been on well, Barry right. Katz been on Jay Moore's show, and Barry Katz has and his Jay's, own podcast. Right, and Jay's been on Barry's show, but they will know just because the people here on this podcast. They will, if they don't know, they will go look for him. Go look for it. Go they look, will for, look the way for it. Barry Katz. Find talk. out who Barry Katz is on his Barry Katz. Right, Barry Katz podcast. It's a tongue twister for me, got Yeah, hey. but the industry uh, standard. <laughs> but it's like you know Barry. I knew him when I was in college. I went to Boston University, and he was the guy. He was this guy, undeniable, uh, right? <laughs> what happened was I had done this thing when I was eighteen years old called MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour. You did that, so yeah. You, you started then, yeah. Now, by the way, and this was a time when it was cool to be on TV, and no one else was. And just to tell you some of the names. Whoever that talent coordinator was, they need to find that person. Pat Buckos, I guess. Yeah, and just make him the head of every network. Because, forget me, these are the people that were on that that show, that season. It was three comics a show. My uh, episode alone, it was me, Drew Carey, and Bill Hicks, the late, great Bill Hicks. But the The other, like, 40 comics, because it was like, I don't know, 15 episodes of three guys, whatever. It was literally Damon Wayans, Chris Rock, Ray Romano, Adam Sandler, David Spade. George Lopez? Probably. I think so. Uh, Rob Schneider. Pablo Francisco? No. Um, Garcia? Are you just naming Latino comedians? <laughs> no, they're the people who actually claim they were on. R- Rogan oh, was on oh, that, oh, right? Joe, Joe Rogan? I want, I want to make sure they were. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I bet, I bet one or two of them were. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, you're talking about when you watch it, you just to see like a young Chris Rock and and Ray Romano, flat top. Here. I remember sitting in, yeah, flat top. And I remember sitting in the green room. We were all about to go on, and me and Ray Romano are holding these rubber bands. And Ray's like, oh, not bad. This is not good. You're going to do, oh, yeah, why are you going to do that bit? I'm doing a rubber band bit. Oh, no. Anyway, the story behind that was I had a bit where I put a rubber band around my head. And I let it, I just stand on stage and open with this. And I let it just go. No way. I swear. <laughs> yep, I stand on stage and I just stare at the audience don't say a word, and slowly it creeps up, and then it flips very quickly and catches all my hair into this little weird rubber man band, bun. man bun. Yeah, this was before. <laughs> I was the pioneer of the man bun, by the way. No, and then it just flipped up and goes like that. And then, from that moment, I would jump into my Ed Grimley Martin Short impression, because I would just do, like, you know, again, it was all impressions. It was, oh, give me a break. This is crazy. Oh, this is so exciting, I must say. You know, and I would just, like, jump around like a lunatic with that thing. And I go, well, what, what do you do? Do you also do an Ed Grimley? He goes, no, I do a volcano impression. And he, what he does is ah. he's like a volcano. And it's just like the rubber band going up, and then it explodes. And it <laughs> so, Maui. Yeah, and then he was like, who's on first? Who's going on? And I go, oh, and we looked the lineup. It was me. He goes, well, there goes my rubber band bit. Bad. And he had to put away his rubber band because I did it first. So guys like that, I mean, just in the green. And you had no idea who the – this was before the Drew Carey show, before all their sitcoms. Um, Dennis Leary. I mean, I, I, literally anyone who's a big star in – I'm the only person who <laughs> didn't do well from that. And and uh, it was just like – it was just a huge uh, year. But that's when I start – what was I talking about again? Oh, no, the MTV half hour? Yeah. Everybody who was on? Oh, no, Barry Katz. Oh, that's... Right. So yeah. then, so I do that show, it airs, and I get a call from this guy. I never met him. I don't know <laughs> who the hell he is. Buddy. And all of a sudden, he's like... The trailblazer. It was like this. Hey, boss. This <laughs> <laughs> bullshit boss! Right. And I was like, first of all, I'm very... <laughs> I'm like, I'm 17 and a half. You said, hey, boss. Right. Who are you calling a boss? <laughs> like a boss. Right, right, right. You said boss. Right, and drops, then he's like. Drops fucking headphones. headphones. Oh, drops the headphones. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, it was like. Catch sinker. <laughs> like, hey, the real sinker. <laughs> right, he goes. Uh, I was talking to Rizzo. He goes. Can I be honest with you for a second, Papa? Papa! Yeah, I went papa! from boss to Papa. Oh, from God. boss to Papa. Papa was a Rolling Stone, you know? Right. And he's like, uh, <laughs> I've watched a lot of comedy in my day, man. <laughs> Let's crank all that fool right now. Yeah. We are, bro. Right and I got to be honest with you, that was some of the best fucking stand-up I have ever seen, and I've seen... Like, he, he, everything is always, like, the biggest... He's oh always grandiose God, terms. Dude. It was not the best. It was a fine set. But he makes a huge... Uh, now, I'm a kid on the other you, end of this phone thinking, oh, that's it. 
<laughs> I made it now. I'm Papa. I'm in sober. He's I'm boss. I'm Papa. <laughs> Fuck. I my teeth. I'm not even gonna get him. Right. And I was like, this is is this the the god of he show paused. business calling me? Pause. Who <laughs> is this? I was thinking this is a ninety year old. <laughs> Hollywood Jew who's calling me from the Warner Brothers lot. It was Waltz. Right. It's like, I can give you a four-picture deal. I can give you a three-picture, whatever the fuck you want, man. And I was just like, <laughs> who is this guy? Turns out he's like, he's like a 30-year-old schmuck in a basement in fucking Boston. He was in like, he literally was in a basement in, in Brookline. With Fletch. Yeah, Brookline, Massachusetts. I remember, I'll never forget telling him like a few years later going, uh, Barry, if you want to do well in show business, you got to leave Massachusetts. <laughs> All right? There's not a lot of studios in Massachusetts. Not a lot of network executives walking around Massachusetts. And he goes, All right, man, where do I go? And I said, <laughs> I go, it's it's New York or L.A., okay? New York the Bronx. Or LA. Try yeah, the Bronx. Go to, the Bronx. go to Queens. Uptown. Yeah. So, so oh he actually God, followed dude. my advice, and he went to New York. And brought, but anyway, I signed with Barry Katz. <laughs> that night. No, and I, I don't, I, yeah. and I, when I, flex, we no, mean but, yes. But when I met him, uh, you, the voice, you talk about the voice doesn't go with the, with the guy. <sighs> This guy, I see this giant, yeah, Gary Shanley face, blonde, long hair, and a ponytail, cowboy boots, leather spikes. Cowboy boots, huh? And Boston, like, Jersey. There was only one cowboy in Boston, you know? Wearing a white box jersey. Right. Like like a guy who looks like Barry, you think talks like, hey, man, I know what's going on, buddy. You know? And instead, it was just like, and one more thing, man. <laughs> oh. I remember when he brought, <laughs> I signed with him and he had like, at the time, just a bunch of nobodies like DePaulo, like Louis C.K., like, uh, I mean, so many. Brewer. Brewer. Chappelle. Yeah, Cook. no, no, no. But this is even before Chappelle. Dane and then, Cook. In fact, I remember Ch way before Dane. And I remember Chappelle, 16-year-old kid coming into the office and I was there doing something. I don't remember. And he goes, I want you to meet someone, man. <laughs> This kid's gonna be fucking unfucking fuck believable. He added like four fucks into the word unbelievable. <laughs> Can we curse on this? Yeah, point? don't. Yeah. And he goes, uh, "You gotta see him." <laughs> and I meet this kid, and Chappelle's just like, "Hey, man!" And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like "Who's this little punk?" <laughs> Literally, my first impression was like, "He seems like a sweet kid from Philly." Or I was like, "Hey, kid, nice to meet you, kid." Like. He was a skinny little tiny little kid, and I was just like, "Did you finish ninth grade yet? You're going into comedy. That's so cute." Cut to a week later, I see him on stage, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, this guy's a monster!" Like you knew, because when you meet him, you just go, "Okay, he's a nice kid." When you see him on stage for the first time, this is before anyone had seen him. He had done no television, nothing. I was like. This kid is a fucking genius and is going to be a monster. And and uh, then cut to a few years later, he was doing really well. Everyone discovered him, HBO, Young Comedians, blah, blah, blah. Then Mel Brooks picks him to be in his Robin Hood movie. Men in Tights. Men in Tights. And I was doing, also for MTV, off of Half Hour Comedy Hour, there was a little sketch show called Kamikaze. 
produced by a great guy named Bobby Moore who did uh, Tom Green Show and all these other great shows. And it was like this hybrid of sketches and stand-up. And um, they said, what do you want to do? What kind of sketches? I said, I want to do Howard Stern. And I want Dave Chappelle to be Robin. And first of all, they were like, we don't even know who Dave Chappelle is. And I was like, no, 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 he's doing well. He's like, he was on HBO and now he's doing a movie with Mel Brooks. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. So I call Chappelle and I'm like, you got to play Robin for me and I'll be Howard. And we're going to do a whole like fun Howard Stern show sketch. And he was like, cool, mate. And he <laughs> literally flew on a Friday. We were taping, I think, on Sunday. On Friday or Saturday, he flew away from the set of this Mel Brooks movie without telling Mel or anyone in the production. And by the way, since then, I think he's had a couple of other incidents like that where he's gone AWOL. But he literally just left the production. This is what a good guy... By, by the way, this isn't me shitting on him. I love Chappelle, and he's one of the sweetest, greatest guys. This is a testament to what a good friend he is. He just left the set, flew across country... AWOL. And showed up... No, no, he was AWOL from the set, yeah. but not my set. And just to show up to his friend, who he started with, he was like, I'm going to do this for you, and I'm going to do it with you. And it's on. I think it's online somewhere, but there were such funny sketches. He was hilarious as Robin. And then Monday morning, he then show, you know, they were like, "Where's Chappelle?" And then he just showed up a little late, like he just landed back to go do to go to go keep filming. But they freaked out a little on Sunday when they saw he wasn't around or whatever. But the point is, like, he's such a good guy, and he's so loyal to his friends and and, and his family and his people that it was like that was a testament to like he's doing a Mel Brooks movie. You don't leave. In the middle of production, even if you're off Saturday, Sunday, you don't leave town, you don't do anything, you don't not tell the crew. And he just left because we started together and we were buddies. But, yeah, with Barry, he had an eye for talent that was like, you know, so many guys that that went through him. So many SNL guys like Daryl Hammond and Brewer and um, there's just too many. Oh, Tracy Morgan. He had Tracy Morgan. And it's like. Barry has a great eye. You for do time. Tracy Morgan? No, but Jay Moore does. Jay oh, let's see it. Man, what's going on with that name, Poppy? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's not that good right now. But Jay's is unbelievable. And Jay's does the whole belly roll and the whole thing. Like, he does the whole thing, and it's mesmerizing to watch that. He does Jay London. Oh, let me hear that. Thank you. <laughs> That's funny. After every joke, thank you. Yeah, he does that. He's he's awesome, dude. He's hilarious, dude. <clears throat> yeah. Oh my God, have we been seventy three minutes? And you haven't done the impersonations yet. By the <laughs> way, is this the longest and unfunniest podcast in the history of this podcast? So, how would you ra- rank this podcast? <laughs> it was hilarious, man. Especially when we did the boss. Wait a minute. Did you hear? Did you hear your wife? You hear what she just said? What? I said, how would you rate this podcast? And you, in my right ear, is going, it was hilarious, man. It was great. We did, bu-. And then your wife goes like this. It was good. It, I, think it went, I think it went well. I think it was, uh, I think it was good. So our listener wants to know, how did you get to do that sketch with Dave Chappelle and the guy Barry Katz? Right. So then <laughs> I think that it didn't end well with Dave and Barry. So, so Dave wanted to just... But it was a. It wasn't That's like funny. it wasn't like a, revenge, a re- revenge. Like you know, I'm gonna get him. It was more of a still a, a, a tribute to Barry 
And even though, you know, their relationship didn't end well, they still talk and, and all that. But it, there was definitely a little bit of like, oh, let's make fun of Barry a little bit in this. You know what I mean? But in a, you know, not such a negative. It was a tribute to Barry. So he, him and Neil called me and said, you got it. We're doing this bit on Chappelle's show where uh, Dave does take revenge on a comedy club owner who didn't believe in him and lights the place on fire. And we want the comedy club owner to be in a wheelchair and to be Barry Katz. With a ponytail. With a ponytail. And, and you're like, would you do it? I'm like, are you kidding? I'll never forget what Dave did, uh, you know, for me with the Robin thing. I'm like, of course I would. And then I showed up and I was just like, can I be honest with you for a second, boss? <laughs> Dave, I always knew you were going to be the biggest fucking thing. The pe people actually who know that I do it will come over to me and, and re-quote, not the stairs, man, which was the line I said <laughs> before I get yeah. knocked over the stairs. Not the stairs, man. You nailed it too, man, when you were saying that. I was talking to, um, <laughs> when you do the impression and you're talking about how um, Barry, Barry was talking to somebody and you nailed it with, like just when you do the impersonation, then you say that Barry... Like when he goes that he was talking to somebody named Rizzo out of the blue. Oh right, 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 right. Like out of the blue, he'll just go. It reminds me of when Rizzo was over here, and I told him I said Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> the face too, though, dude. Yeah, it's a lot of the face. It's a lot of everything. But who can you uh, do a jingle? You do. I don't know. Just mix mix impressions of people. You know. But so do you do them in your act? I do. I do the Gandolfini one in my act. That must kill because that's a perfect one. And what do you do? What's the premise of Gandolfini? Just doing little, kind of like, you know, knock-knock jokes. Interesting. A little, um, yeah, <clears throat> little mafia-flavored stuff. Oh, mafia knock-knock jokes? Yeah, yeah, That's of. funny. Give me one. This <laughs> whole said give me one. By the way, you, I know you don't want to, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Shoot your load here. <laughs> I know you don't want to, you know, waste material. He does the best Joey Coco Diaz, too. Is that true? Yeah. So you guys are on the road together, and you're, like, selling out theaters now. Yeah, in the West Coast. You're doing unbelievable. <laughs> That's exciting. And uh, it's just a matter of time where someone at the dumb networks wakes up and just goes, yeah, this this should be a show. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm still holding out for for us doing something together. Yeah, and now now he's going to be our partner also, Rod, over here. <laughs> Rod. <laughs> Rod man. Yeah, Rod man. But uh, we got to do something because you got to, you know, you got to do something on TV. And you have another special you're working on? Yes, I'm working on another special. Wow. That's great. Hopefully we'll shoot it this year somewhere. Somewhere. You never know with these specials. Well, it's all these uh, assholes like Louie and Bill Burr that are making us all look bad by banging out a new one every year. It's like, would you, they just fucking calm down? <laughs> I know, man. You ever hear of telling the same joke twice, idiots? <laughs> what the f What is wrong with these guys? They're making us look bad. Eddie Murphy did two specials in 30 years. And they were the greatest things in the history of things. <laughs> it was in 30 years. That's it. It's true. He how, did two. How did George Carlin do five? For, no, yeah. he did like 10 or 12 <clears throat> or 15. Yeah. He did a lot. He was. He, he had time. Right. He had time. He, what else is there to do besides crack? Yeah. But he, you know, he, not that he was on crack, everybody. He uh, was one of those guys who also made the rest of his generation of comics look bad in the sense that no one is as prolific as George Carlin. No one bangs out a special every other year. It was like him and then Robert Klein probably yeah. did like <clears throat> eight, which is too many. 
and um, Williams did three, right? Robin Williams did three, but that's normal. Three, you know, the Met one, and then, and then Richard Pryor did six. But that's yeah. that's fine. Just don't do six two a in a year. year. <laughs> Talk two in a year, and then because you know why you dilute it, you t- the special is no longer special. It's not special. Like for me, I did this Netflix thing. It it started last year. I won't tape another one. For another probably year or year and a half, and then it won't air for another whatever, so two years. Like, and that will be three or four years between it, and then I won't do one for another four or five years, and then I'll die. And I'll die having done three specials, and I'll be happy. But that's it, like just delirious and raw. But do you need more than that? Do you want the specials in between delirious no. and raw? Because they wouldn't have been delirious or raw. Raw wasn't delirious. I think if they would have waited for like I think a good special like like every year. I don't think it's gonna be as funny if you put it out the next year. Right, and years. and by the way, and I'm not saying, and I'm sure you're not saying that like Bill Burr's special aren't specials aren't anything but hilarious or Louie, but it if you waited and let's say Bill does like an hour special and you know. 48 minutes of it are just fucking genius, which they are. But if you waited that extra year, the whole hour and five would be fucking absolute genius. You wouldn't even have the 12, 13, 14 good minutes. And it's like – and then you also leave the audience wanting more. It's also like they're dying now. Wait, when are you coming out with another thing? You know, you got to – and then you get to tour a little more with the old stuff that you did or the new stuff you're working on. And it's just like – once a year, give us all a break. We got shit to do. Gonna be writing jokes all day. But they have a big, <laughs> they have a they have a big fan base that'll pay thirty five dollars to watch an hour of unfunny trial material. Right, and that's See, that's ain't nobody. I, my, none of my no fans. One, you, they will pay throw twenty shit bucks at you. for me to bomb. Yes, and have a Manila folder <clears throat> for right. an hour. This is my new shit, people. By the way. Boo! I gotta buy a t-shirt, motherfucker. They will, and this is the most racist joke I'll ever do, they will throw avocados and tomatoes at you, and then you'll make a guac, a nice guac out of it. Yeah, they have a new bit. By the way, that was pretty good. That was not That was not funny. Holy moly. Instead but, uh, of they throw tomatoes, they throw avocados and tomatoes, and then Felipe just makes a guac out of it. But they could afford, like, they, they have money to, like, guac into the comedy salary yeah. every week. Odd week and try our new material, right? Because the bills are paid, you know. They don't oh have- my God, they do not have to worry about the bills. In, so no. yeah, it's or, just or like- time with fam, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They the, could take the a- kids haven't seen you all day, you know right. that kind of shit. Right, but but I, I am a firm believer in you know less is more. Leave the audience. I'm wanting down for more. less is more. Yeah, and it's just and it's not about like laziness. That's what you go porno. Less is more. <laughs> right, less is you should do that with the porn, sequel. Rod. More and less. Nice. <laughs> like, would you believe like like, like some of these comments? Like when I used to work with Gabriel Iglesias, he'll mm-hmm. bust out from the thumb. And I'm, this is me just doing ten minutes mm-hmm. before him, mm-hmm. fifteen minutes. He's up there for three hours. Wow, that's too much. That's too me. much. That's too much. For me, of a like, good thing. Give him less. Give him fifty to an hour. Get out. Absolutely. I think that anything more than an hour and fifteen is too much. In fact, someone just. I said they saw Seinfeld, and I go, "What'd you think? Isn't he like he's like a master craftsman? He's like the best. What, what'd you think?" And they go, "People were walking out complaining that their jaws hurt 
because he went on too long. And it's like not natural to laugh for over an hour or your face starts hurting. And they, they were literally like, it was a little, it felt like it was too much laughter and now I'm in pain. <laughs> Which is like, I'm like, you realize you're just complimenting him. You're saying he's so hilarious that it hurts. They go, yeah, but it could have hurt less. You know, and they were like, but it's true. Like, people, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are these fucking people? That's like the but, chick that sucked a thousand dicks, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's just like, I don't. You know, I, I don't think that anyone that goes on for like more than an hour and a half is just being self-indulgent and they're not they're doing it more for themselves than to please the crowd because real crowd pleasers know that an hour they start preaching and shit. A, a lot of comedy filibustering out there. <laughs> Thank you. Well said. <laughs> By the way, pin. that should be the name of your next special. Comedy. <laughs> My third special. Felipe Buster. <laughs> Felipe Bustering. Just walking into Felipe Bustering. And ranting for an hour. Yeah. Just ranting. To grab, eh? Just to grab five minutes of material. Well, you know why? Because Felipe, you actually take the time to craft your jokes. I'm a craftsman, bro. You're a craftsman. <laughs> You're a natural craftsman who hasn't gotten a haircut in way too long. Yeah, man. <laughs> so what's up, man? What impersonation can you do that he can't? Yeah. I don't know. Which ones? Is there any requests? Challenge us. We'll take Challenge requests. Bro. Do we take phone calls on Don't this? Travolta, bro. Travolta? Travolta. Travolta. I don't what, do is Travolta. This? what is this, 1978? <laughs> <laughs> what did you just get into a It'd DeLorean? Be like that one time, we were over there at Takunas and that dude did that fucking, that nasty-ass oh De Niro impression. Oh, the face didn't even this move, did the worst De Niro oh. impersonation. It was horrible. And he man. didn't even take his headband off. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Robert De Niro if he was in Blood In, Blood Out oh. or something. Wow. It was more like it was like it was just almost impersonating Robert De Niro. It was a disaster. Wow. <clears throat> By the way, can we talk about something else now that we're eighty-four minutes into the yeah, man. podcast? <laughs> which we should probably call it because yeah. we, we we've just been we spent three minutes talking about leaving them wanting more, and we're at eighty-four <laughs> minutes on a podcast, and people are like oh, guys, these listeners want more, we give them less. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, hey, guys, let's get a taste of your own fucking medicine and shut your mouths after 84 Shows, minutes. Tell us your dates so they can go watch your show. Oh, that's very nice. We'll do that in a second. But my point was, <laughs> what was the point? Of, oh, that I'm, I'm, I, we're at 84 minutes in. You guys couldn't wait. I was 14 minutes. I showed up 814 and then I was looking for a parking spot for another three minutes. You couldn't wait to start with that because now I missed the whole – I wanted to see the banter between the two of you. I wanted to see what you guys thought. You couldn't wait 15 – remember that scene in Avalon where they, in Thanksgiving, you cut the turkey without me? You couldn't have waited to cut the turkey without – you couldn't like just say, all right, he's parking. He's in traffic. We'll wait and we'll start when he gets here. What's that about? <laughs> he thinks some guests are bored by the banter. Yeah. No, I wanted to witness we, we it. We think that some, some guys don't want the banter. They want to just get straight to the no, interview. No, and like, what did you talk about? Just give me one example. We're talking West about Nyack. West Nyack. We're talking about... Did, last, last weekend. We went, we went over there. We saw a lot of Jewish people. Right. The most we ever seen. So you talked about that. We talked about the See, bagel... See, I could have added We talked that. about the bagel boys. Yeah, the new right. musical. See, now... <laughs> That's not a musical. It's a little sure. We talked about... We, we never That's had a funny. square potato knish. Yeah. Oh, you had a square knish. Yeah. See, I'm an expert Jew. I could have been here for this. <laughs> and you couldn't wait 14 fucking minutes so that I could weigh in on this conversation. Sorry, boss. Yeah. <laughs> Can I be honest with you for a second, Papa? If anything, this teaches you a lesson that punctuality is everything, boss. Um, 
Here's the here's the point. Hilarious. Here's the point. The point is, where am I? I don't know. I'm at the Laugh Factory here. I'm not on a, a concert tour right now. I'm actually developing two scripts for NBC and CBS. Oh, I sold these pitches uh, of these two ideas I had. One's like loosely based on my life. One's just an idea. And I'm now working so hard on developing scripts. But just to pay the rent, that pays a little bit. I'm doing some corporates around and some fundraisers and private shows. That helps pay the bills between the you know other TV sitcom gigs and other stuff like that. So there's nowhere you could see me, but come on down to any of the local clubs here in L.A., especially the Laugh Factory. Sometimes I'm at uh, Comedy Magic Club. And then uh, I spend every summer in New York at the Comedy Cellar. I'm there almost every night at the Comedy Cellar. And then also I, I'll go around to like Stand Up New York and the Comic Strip. And uh, but uh, that's it for now. No actual tour dates as we speak. You still do, you still do that show on Christmas Day at the Laugh Factory? That is ex That is a great question. So every have fans would have nothing to do that day. That okay, would love to so go. it's actually Christmas Eve. Christmas yeah, Eve. My bad. I, and if you're around, you better do it. Rodrigo, you would go. You guys should do it. It's the most fun thing because most people have like nothing. You know. It, it, other than hanging out with your family, you do that till like six, seven, eight o'clock, and then you go. Oh, I don't want to get the fuck out of here, mm-hmm. and you want to do sure. something, and nothing is going on. So it's like it's, and then for Jews, my people, literally, they have no obligations, no family. It's a Tuesday, whatever, and they know that they have the next day off. So like, let's go out. So instead of just freaking Chinese food, whatever the hell Jews do, <laughs> they go. Let's go see a comedy show, and every year it's become an annual event. It's called Merry Erev Christmas. Erev in Hebrew means night before. It means Eve, Christmas Eve. So it's the Merry Erev Christmas show. I always have amazing people like Felipe. We always have Neil Brennan on every year. And it's, and it's a mix of like Jewish comedians, non-Jewish. But it's mostly Jewish audience. And uh, it's, it, it's just such a fun show. We do 8 and 10 o'clock. And that's December 24th. That's in like a month or so. So check that out. <clears throat> check that out. Bitches. Yeah, so before you go, man, we just got to talk about that show because we had a, we had Brian Scalaro on okay. our show. Stacked with Pamela Stacked. Anderson. I was on Stacked. I did a show. It was actually it was a sitcom that I was cast on. The funny story about that. Do we have a minute? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take this shit to ninety and then call it. Let's do it. I have a minute and thirty-seven seconds. Thirty-six. Thirty-five. Thirty-four. See, there's a ticker here. They don't see, but I see that it's eighty-eight. We've used up eighty-eight minutes. And 31 seconds. I went and auditioned for a guest starring role on this new show called, a new pilot called Stacked. It was picked up to six episodes before anything because it had Pam Anderson. And they were like, anything with Pam Anderson just works, you know? You put those tits anywhere and people will watch them. <laughs> so let's put the tits in a bookstore. Yo, man. Yeah. So they. <laughs> I like so, to read. That's funny. So they saw, so, so, so I saw this script, Stacked, and I was like, oh, this is a good script. And I had actually just been cast to do another pilot and after a table read which was good but i liked stacked even better and it was weird how it worked out because after the table read of the nbc pilot i did it just tanked and the network killed it so we never shot it now i'm available so i went and auditioned for this guest star uh they had already shot the first one but steve levitan who was the creator and showrunner who then went off and created modern family i don't know if you heard of it yeah i missed his hit show by two he literally created two shit shows and then Modern Family. It was like our show and then that Kelsey Grammer, Patricia Hayton, whatever. And then Modern Family. I missed by two. It's, it's a nightmare. Anyway, that was a little Woody Allen for the folks at home. So um, 
So I, 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 uh, I auditioned for the guest star. They put me on tape. And Levitan just wasn't happy with the lead dude. He wasn't hitting the jokes. He was more of an actor than a comedy guy. And he was like, we got to get rid of this guy. And he went to his casting director and said, who do we know? Who's funny? Well, this guy came in. He's a funny comedian. He read for this other role. He goes, show me the tape. Shows the tape. He goes, bring that guy in. Bring that guy in like now. I get this call out of the blue. Uh, yeah, they don't want you for that guest star. They actually want you to read for the lead. Don't tell anyone this, but they, I, it looks like they're firing him. I go in there. I just get myself on tape with Steve Levitan there. Totally, like, kill it. Get the fucking part. Two days later, I'm shoot, reshooting the pilot that they were doing, you know, what, what, what they wanted to do. I literally, it's impossible to memorize like 50 pages in a day and a half. I literally had them make up cue cards for me all over the set. So I tried to memorize as much as I can. And then every now and then I'd sneak a look and whatever. But it was like a dream gig. It's like you're doing a sitcom. You're looking and touching Pam Anderson all day long. Not so much touching. And, you know, you get to like, and you get paid really well on these sitcoms. And it was just like such a dream job. And Scalaro is a friend and fellow comedian, hilarious guy, hilarious actor also. And we just got to like hang out. And we were like, could you believe this shit? Is this real? And we're like, it's too good to be true, right? It's too good to be true. Cut to 19 episodes later. It was too good to be true. And they canceled it. But like, you know, what can I say? We're working with Doc from fucking Back to the Future. Christopher Lloyd was in it. Working with Pam. You know, it was a great cast. And we had a good time. And this this is what a good person Pam Anderson is. On my birthday, all of a sudden, a stripper shows up to the set in the middle of rehearsal. Tommy Lee. No, <laughs> it was not Tommy Lee. In an anaconda. Yeah, I did get to meet Tommy Lee. And I, I, I don't even want to sit next to Tommy Lee because it's just so intimidating. You know what I mean? It's like my boner. Next to Tommy Lee looks like his flaccid, just got out of the pool, shrinkage, <laughs> freezing cold air dick. That's my boner. You, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so, the, so she brings me. Or you gonna be like, it don't get hard of the way though. She she brings me the, sh- the the stripper, and this girl starts stripping for me in the middle of the set. Yeah, tight. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like just going at it and rubbing and the whole grinding and the whole thing, and then. I go to Pam. I go, wow, that's so nice of you. You got me a stripper. She goes, yeah, for your birthday. And she's Jewish. And I went, Pam, Pam, I have a Jewish stripper at home. Next time, get me one of those shiksas. You know what I mean? One of those. I don't need need me another Jew girl stripping for me. I got that. But that's how thoughtful she is. She found the one and only Jewish stripper. Hired her. (laughs) Kosher, bro. A kosher stripper. That meat was kosher. And, uh... Yeah, and so that so that was an experience because you know when you hang out with Pam, it's funny because when you're with her alone, you're just like, who's this beautiful, nice, sweet Canadian girl? You forget of the hoopla. Then you go out in public with her, and it's like, oh, this it's like going out with a Kardashian. There's just hoopla. It's just she's an icon. It's just like, oh, it's that that Pam Anderson because otherwise it's just Pammy, the girl you're running lines with. And then you go out with her to a party, whatever. And it's just like, oh, that's that's who we're doing the show with. Anyway, it didn't work. It's on Hulu if you want to see these 19 <laughs> episodes. I don't get a penny if you watch them, so just don't. And Levitan <laughs> is worth about $300 million, so don't give him any more money. So don't even watch Stacked because it doesn't do good for anyone, and it's a waste of all your time. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> but keep listening to this podcast. Come see me on uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, go out and go 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 to Netflix and type in E-L-O-N-G-O-L-D, and you will have a fun hour. That is something I guarantee. What's up, fool? Like what up, fool? Chill it, man. Fucking catch me at the Laugh Factory, November 16th. And uh, check out Elon Gold special. Thank you. On Netflix. Thank you, Rod. What's up, fool? Thank you, Elon me. Gold, for doing our podcast. What's up, fool? What's up, fool? Hell yeah, man. Awesome. Take Thanks. us out with Howard Stern, bro. <laughs> Thanks, boss. <laughs> 94. Oh, my God. Point out the colors of you. I see them, too. And, boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We wait to fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.